0: Love Talk Radio. Well, good evening. This is Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom Radio. And tonight my guest is Claire Candy Hall, and she's a... And she is a... Claire Candy has a new book out called Behind the Bale of Forgetfulness, Forgetness, Forgetfulness, and One True Home. And I was reading the book, and we're going to talk a lot about that, but Candy, Clara Candy is an angel practitioner, a Reiki master teacher, international radio host, clairvoyant, international speaker, writer, author, and Clara Candy helps raise the consciousness of individuals. She established her business, Angel Healing House, in 2003, and after her angelic walk-in experience as a healing practitioner, Clara Candy... Helped her clients transform their lives physically, emotionally through Reiki and a form of energy medicine recognized and accepted by the National Institute of Health and World Health Organization. As an angel practitioner, she marries spiritual knowledge with her practical ways that people can live honoring truthful lives and shine the authentic light to the world. And as a divine radiant light, And Clara Candy helped others to reconnect to their divine, eternal natures. So, and without any furthermore, there's a lot to discuss. I've been reading the book, The One True Home, and the behind the Bell, forgetfulness, One True Home. So I want to bring Clara Candy on. Welcome to the show, Clara Candy.
1: Thank you so much for having me once again on your program, Rob. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and spend time together.
0: Well, it is, and I want to make sure I give out Claire Candy's website right now. It's angelhealinghouse.com. dot com, and just so they can really find the book, they can go to your website. Where can they find the the book? They can uh, go behind to home. the veil.
1: They can they can find one true home behind the veil of forgetfulness at my website, which is www. Angel A N G E L Healing, H E A L I N G House, H O U S E dot com. And it's also available on Amazon as well.
0: Now I've been reading the book and we were talking about this before. And I I read the first chapter and I can't pronounce that one the name that one word. I I apologize but I gotta have you pronounce it for me. Uh it's- it it's, was it's, the,
1: it's the name. It's the name of the king. The name of the king of the dynasty at that time, and it's the
0: pharaoh. Yeah, and the pharaoh. But as we, I was reading that she made a deal or signed a contract with this young the princess's parents when she was young, and then. But anyway, how is this book written about yesterday, but yet? is very vivid in the world today on how it's, how the world is moving around. Well, there's so much
1: um, in each life that's built on the eternal verities and the eternal truths. It really doesn't matter what time in history it is, although I pick five of my most important past lives um, to be um, as they were in different eras and they were the most important because I learned the most. Um and uh, one can see that um, when one reads about my past lives, that things like taking responsibility and owning your truth and and uh, being worthy and deserving and feeling that inside and giving your power away and speaking and communicating your truth and, and doing all this and following your heart. All of these things are true, and it doesn't matter what, it is, and it doesn't matter what um, what time in history it was, because um, the pharaoh back in the uh, Egyptian days, when I was Anckes and the that uh, that Egyptian um, princess who was sold, who, who was sold uh, to be another one of the wives of the pharaoh, um, uh, it was a very patriarchal system, and um, it it, was, it mirrored very much today the haves, which are only the one percent um, who ruled the world and who basically decimated the lives of anybody else underneath them, so um, it uh, it takes all of those things that are so important for us to learn in our contract of our lives, which we contract before we come in um, into our into our human incarnation and um, and then from there. Um, you know, we see how we went and we can only see how we went uh, in, our, in our physical life when we cross over. And the book shows how you choose an incarnation and then you go to the physical, the, uh, the non-physical, and then you meet with the etheric council and then you come back to your, another physical life, which if, if you want to, um, not everybody has to be forced to come back to that physical life. But you're absolutely right, um, Rob. I think you're the first person that's picked up that uh, each each incarnation, although it was a different history and a different time and era, um, it speaks about many of the things that we're going through today in this very moment on our planet.
0: Oh, very vividly for me because I, this is something I related to and something I've really been really expanding through in my own life is how you wrote about the Feral, but that reminded me of some of the CEOs of corporate America and the things going on today. So it really is showing me how history was never taught to us to teach us. It was taught to us to control us. Now here comes the question I really want. How will reading your book, because I know what it's, it's, it's opened me up even more than I was to the present time. So, how will reading your book actually open people's, open their people's, wherewithal well and their wisdom to see how this has been a, our history has basically repeated itself through our own way of thinking. Okay, what the what the book has
1: has done for so many people and the enormous feedback that I've gotten is because the book is not written to try to get anybody to live, to believe in past lives from a medical or scientific for, uh, viewpoint. It's written from um, a childlike adventure where you go on the adventure where our, with our heroine, Arielle, and as she goes from her physical incarnation and takes the trip, the journey back home, our one true home, which we all get to take, um, people start to remember and connect with their divine eternal nature, and the thing that people most take away from the book is how multi dimensional they are and how they are not just their physical because the book starts them remembering their own journey and they start their their heart starts to expand as they realize that they have been on this journey to the non physical just like. That Ariel has, for instance, when we cross over, many of us get to meet our relatives who have passed over, our friends and our family. That's our welcome home or our reunion party. And then we get to have our life's review, this holographic flip of movie up from our birth to our death. We get to feel what others feel as a result of our actions and our words and our thoughts. And then we go to the whole of the Akashic Records and we go over our contracts with the etheric Council, the great sage, wise beings who help us write our contracts. There's no judgment. We just see how we, uh, how we did in our last um, incarnation. And, and the book also speaks about what happens, what the heck happens to us in the afterlife. And um, in between her physical lives, she speaks about the time she spends in her one true home across the veil vale, um, in her non-physical spirit form. So the most uh, important feedback that I'm getting about this book is it helped people realize their own divine eternal nature and how multidimensional they are.
0: You, you know, that is a, something that's kind of uh, ironic, basically, because I've been opening up to understand, I everything I've been taught about the physical world, I've actually gotten out of books written by people, such as the people in this book where they try to control, and it's called race, and it's a visible spirit, basically outside of you know the human, but with the heart and the soul, isn't that a visible spirit to the world? But It is a visible spirit to the world, but remember
1: that humans learn their best lessons in contrast. And that's why I contrasted several of those lives to be so harrowing for me, you know, so that I could truly experience in the practical sense what that feels like. Because it's not until we walk miles in somebody else's moccasin that, that we really get it. You know, on the other side, there are many souls who who are very brilliant and they theorize um, spiritual wisdom and knowledge, but they're too afraid to come back and to veil themselves, live it on the earth plane, and to learn in contrast. Um, and that's where our best lessons are, are
0: learned. You know, the, something that I really expanded into is I don't... Do, Getting out of the thinking world, the physical world, more into the inspired inside world of me, and ever mm-hmm. since I've done that, I've kind of released all that. So, how yeah. would your book help people release the compression of having to fit into society?
1: Well, the, um, one of the things that um, that you learn in the book is each one of us is such a singular unique energy that when we get out of this funny physical form we're in, out of the trillions and billions of souls in the world or or in the ethers, we are recognized. We are recognized by our individual um, signature, which is our vibrational frequency. There's Like snowflakes, there's no two that's alike. And so once you realize you are this individualized, singular representation of that wider universal God, divine, whatever you want to call it, higher energy, then you, you get to know that you, you've come back to, um, to shine your individually, uh, individuality on the planet, and you don't need to conform to anybody else. You know, you can live and dance to the beat of your own drum, and it's not dependent on external cues or people or or things that you have to or you should or you ought to be doing. And so it frees. The book actually frees people to live their singular and unique lives.
0: A question come to me. This one's kind of offbeat and in different colored. How was the world set up to give us everything required to live without houses, without buildings, without anything, and it was a natural environment to live. Do you feel?
1: Well, if you look at, well, one of my lives was spent um, as part of the Lakota tribe. And if you look at those um, Native Americans, they lived in harmony with the land. They lived and they, they knew that they were abundant and they knew that they would be provided for by Father Sky and Mother Earth. And, and another life that I lived was, um and I speak briefly about that one, was as an Aborigine in Australia uh, with my twin flame husband, Pete. And the Aboriginal, Aboriginal people are some of the most extraordinary people on the planet because they, they don't see any delineation between themselves and the land they they know they're of the land but they are also part of the dream time. So to answer your question, we can live very well without anything because because we're abundant by nature and we this is the Garden of Eden for us and and uh if you see it in, in all those tribes they lived by the land, they lived by the seasons. They took nothing that um from it, you know, that they couldn't give back. And then they left nothing, you know, like garbage or rubbish behind for future generations.
0: Now comes my favorite question I ask myself. How is the wisdom of the Native tribes around the world, the Native people, more required to expand the world into more of a spiritual savvy than any time in history? Well,
1: the the word that's coming most to me, and um, as I lived both of those lives, um, as a, as an Aboriginal, as an Aborigine, and also um, as part of the Native American Lakota tribe, um, was simplify, to simplify our lives, and to and and to find that joy, that presence, that reverence, that um, that sacredness that is a part of everyone, you know, And but people turn the mirror back outside of themselves and they get their cues of how to live life from the government, from television, from uh, commercials, from stores, from all kinds of things. And when we can turn the mirror back and we can understand that we have everything that we need within ourselves and we are provided for, and so many, as you say, so many of those cultures um, and uh, and tribes, they knew this. And so the word that I would I would um, most use to help us is to simplify
0: our lives. How you know that's, and, and I'm going to expound on that. Simplicity is electricity of easy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And anyway, but it's the, the book we're talking about is Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness One True Life by Claire Candy. A- actually, and, um, actually, it's,
1: it's, well, hold on, Rob, it's One True Home Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness. The One True Home comes first.
0: Okay, I just read the front cover, and I apologize for that. I was okay. reading the little print down to the big print. Huh. Anyway, I messed that up good, didn't I? No, no, that's, that's,
1: that's okay. I don't care if I can type my name in, Claire Candy Hoffman. Lots of things are coming up about the book.
0: Yeah, but anyway, and if you and when you read the book, you're going to see, anyway for me, I really just went right to today because I'm really on the past because the past is nothing but a memory in today. I will read you just one little bit out of here. Each and every one of you has the divine ability to harness and use the powerful potential that is your birthright. Yet, when you doubt yourself and veer off the path of divine truth, I, Archangel Michael, will help you, will help with clarifying, protecting, and strengthening your faith in yourself. And right there, that sentence, how are people today? looking for the trust, the faith and in, in themselves, and really kind of, really in fear of understanding they have all the abilities in themselves? Do you feel? Well, again,
1: again, again, if we could only see ourselves as God sees us, as one of his children, because he watches over and protects us more than we can imagine, and by turning that mirror back inside of ourselves, and holding this knowing of his profound love deep in our hearts every single second, then we're provided for in every single way for our greatest good and the greatest good of all concerned. You know, um, we are so blessed with the gifts of free will and free choice, and by choosing love, we acknowledge our own divinity and our own holy light inside. So every time that we're in lack, every time that we're in scarcity, every time that we take our emphasis off of being happy or or saying I'll be happy when, is that we don't choose love and we don't choose connectedness to the divine in that second. So I think um, and I feel that is really the key to helping people to really simplify and to get connected to their hearts by turning that mirror back on themselves and being and choosing love and knowing that you're divine in every single second. Um and uh and we can only do that when we shun and that's a that's a very harsh word, but that's the word that I'm gonna use. When we shun a lot of the of the of the groups, communities, um, governments or things that we've been programmed to believe in which have only kept us, as you say, in fear
0: and control. I just call it herdocracy, greedocracy. When you can let that go, you can expand into the divine right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Them are my words. So, But anyway, I, I that, what I just read was on page 119 in the book. And now there's another one I want to really, this one I really, really like. The medicine wheel is a reflection of an individual's weaknesses and strength, and how today people overlook their own strength because we've been taught to only understand our weaknesses. So how do you use this book and with angel and with what you do, Claire Candy, you expand people out of that and into the into their desires.
1: Well, again, um, on the work that I do helps people to rise above their lives, to see it from an angel's perspective, to see it from their angel's eye as well. And in this way, they can see the bigger picture. They don't get caught up um, in, in so much in blame and fault finding and being a victim as they do in taking responsibility for their lives. And if you take Complete accountability and responsibility for your life because you've had free will and free choice, um, then all blame goes out the window. Um, so um, uh, the book talks about five important tenets for people to follow. And the first one, again, is responsibility um, because you've written everything into the contract of your life and the decisions and choices you've made with your free will. The second is to forgive to lift the burden of forgiveness off your soul. Um, You forgive not for other people but for yourself. It's one of the most wonderful selfish things that you can ever do is to forgive another person, Um, is to not have any judgment and allow people and bless them for exactly where they are and for whatever they do because it's not your journey. It's not our journey. Uh, The next one is gratitude and appreciation, which is one of the highest forms of healing. And uh, and the last one that can really, really help people to live in that divine space, Rob, is unconditional love for, for the most important person in the world truly, which is the divine inside of us. Because you can't expect to serve other people if you don't first serve the divine inside of you.
0: That is... That is absolutely right on point. But how have we been taught? This is something I paid attention to, Clara Candy. Punctuation and the English language teaches us to be second, you and I. It does.
1: You, it does. Absolutely it does. You know, when I was in Australia, there actually, I lived in Australia for quite a number of years, there's a term for that, and it's called the tall poppy syndrome. And you know what the tall puppy syndrome is, Rob? It means that you'll see a um, a field of puppies, and the tall ones, when they a harvester comes through and knocks off the tall poppies, so they're all going to be uniform, and they're all going to be the same height, and the tall poppy syndrome means you don't want to be too too uh, tall. You don't want to be uh, stand out. You want to be like everybody else, and that's what we've been programmed to do on our earth, because when the individual finds their voice and knows that they are an individual and they can step forth, then it might show others, uh, and and if they start to shine and radiate and be free enough to speak their mind. Then it might help, might um, you know, reflect on others as an example. Well, I can speak my mind too. And then what happens to the powers that be that hold the purse strings and and keep us in fear and control? is that um, more and more people speak their mind and then the powers of be, and their um, control starts to wane.
0: Yeah, you said something in there, the powers to be. If, if people open up, and there is an, there is an international awakening going on, but when people open up to realize, something for me anyway, the school system is good but yet it taught me what the system wanted me to be rather than what my inner my, well the contract i signed when i come down here desired me to be do you feel it's that definitely.
1: oh there's no question about it you know the school system today is so antiquated and the reason it's antiquated is because the indigos the crystals and the rainbow children who have been born since 1978, and seated on this planet, are born of a higher, um, higher uh, vibrational frequency, and they don't learn the same as we did as children. As children, we learned to sit down, shut up, feel back, facts, be in the same job until you're 65, get a gold watch, and go home and die. And they don't learn like that anymore. They can't sit in chairs because they, they're of a higher vibrational frequency. They need to move around. And so the educational si- uh, system must be updated. Do you know, Rob, that the, um, the word educo in Greek uh, doesn't mean, uh, the word for education, educo in Greek, doesn't mean to teach. What it means is to lead forth. And a good teacher will see the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that are already seated in that individual child, and they'll polish them like a diamond, and then the child will shine. And, and a good teacher will see what's already inside the child instead of pushing and pushing useless facts into this child, which turns the, their light off, and then it just gets them to be an automaton, a robot, to go into the system and to become unhappy, and then to become a consumer, and then to take pharmaceuticals, and then to escape from the world unhappy.
0: You just said something there, escape from the world. Isn't that what all the drugs and alcohol and the addictions are, just for Absolutely. people to escape?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, because they turn the mirror outside of themselves, and they're living their lives um, the way they, they think they should, ought to, or have to, rather than turning the mirror back and putting their emphasis on their beautiful singular heart and what is their heart telling them to do and to allow their their intuition and their higher self to lead them.
0: The intuition. How is the system today, and the system that I come up through, they... Always, since the beginning of time until well 1978, like you just said, how have they been scared of intuition and people's personal innovation? And that is what they've really tried to to dummy, well, basically, dummy it down and keep us inside a circle or inside the box of history.
1: Well, absolutely. You know, um, they don't want people to 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 uh, be led by their intuition. They want to be, uh, people to be led by the TV and the newspapers to what the um, you know um, com- the groups tell them to do, uh, the government or whatever that is, to keep one in a box. And um, and the more that people can open up to their intuition, to live their truth as they as as they see fit. And to um, you know that's why so many so many uh, uh, women in particular because we've we've come from a patriarchal you know history were destroyed as witches because they followed their intuition, and um, but now the world is changing. People are shifting at a great rapid rate to uh, to tune into their hearts as we drop down to the age of Aquarius and we we have left the Piscean age, which was the age of reason. Logic and and uh, and justifiable reasoning, and now we've dropped down totally um, um, uh, imprisoned from our minds and dropped down to our hearts, and more and more people are shifting to follow their intuition.
0: You know that's a, something I've really expanded into that, because when the when the body of the chest cavity and the in the torso. All the chakras, when that fills up with energy of like of inspirational innovation or inspirational, uh, well, basically inspirational gut, the head follows, and that's what I did, and that's what you just opened up here. So, reading your book, how would that also really allow people to let go and expand into their intuition? and their innovation, do you feel? Okay, once more, when you
1: understand that you are not just your human body, you are limitless, you are boundless, you've had no beginning, you've had no end, and you are more powerful and magnificent and extraordinary than you possibly can ever imagine. And once you learn to harness that energy, because it's our sixth sense, but just not five senses, once you learn to live that sixth sense, which is our intuition and our ability for higher, higher spiritual thinking, uh, then there is no limit as to what we can do.
0: The book is One True Home Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness Forgetfulness by Clara Candy. Clara, now I save this question for last. How is life? Your dreams and all the stuff—the good of life—ruleless bliss. How, uh, sorry. How is how
1: is my life? I, I didn't catch the last. How is
0: life? How is life of intuition, ruleless bliss? Oh my! Be,
1: because I, ever since I had my angel walking experience in January of 2003, every day, Rob, I say I will. To will his will and in this way I'm of the greatest service for myself and the greatest good of, of all concerned I met my twin flame nine months after I walked in 12 years ago and Pete and I are in a triad with God at the top as we serve his will every single day and miracles abound for us and we are in continual bliss and awe of his majesty and what we have come back to serve him. And so every day is a miracle.
0: They, it really is when you open up and allow it to be. Anyway, Claire Candy, we're out of time. And I want to give out your website one more time. It's www.angelhealinghouse.com. Um, anyway, Claire Candy, give the people some wisdom and I will close out the show. All right. My wisdom is for
1: everybody to be yourself. Don't try to be a replicate of anybody else. Speak and feel and just be in fun and joy and passionately and creatively shine your beauty and your light and your effervescence, your inner child, out to the world, and and then you will live a life of ease and grace.
0: Thank you, Claire Candy, and without any further ado, good night, everybody, and thank you, Candy, and thank you, all the listeners. God bless you. Take
1: care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.